Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits, which are working to make a difference in the community. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local right here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more right now at Park power.ca I will have cut this part out but we were just discussing uh, switching our internet provider yeah because Park Power now offers internet now offers internet and we have been having trouble with our current internet provider uh, lengthy ongoing trouble <laughs> I don't want to name names but it rhymes with Thaw. Thaw. Yeah, we we switched to that provider from the other local mega corporation. It rhymes with fellas. And uh, the idea of going with a, a neutral third party, a local neutral third party who supports the podcast network, uh, pleases us. Yeah, that sounds a little more appealing to me. <laughs> so we uh, we may indeed look into that mm -hmm. and uh, support local, and in turn support the Alberta Podcast Network. Right. Seems yeah. like a good idea. It's, it seems like it might be a good idea. Yeah. Anyway. It's uh, neither here nor there. It's just, it's just a random... Just a little chat we were having. Chat that we were having to start off this week's episode. You but know, um, As a married couple, sometimes we do that. Yeah. Talk to each other. It is, however, uh, apropos of nothing in this chapter. <laughs> this, there is no smooth Scott segue this time. No. So we'll just kind of dip right into our recap of chapter 21 yes. of our novel. Yes, let's. Uh, in which a boy was rescued... Not from vampires, but from evil magic. A wizard possibly died? Question mark. Maybe. Uh, and unfortunately, we lost yet another party member. <sighs> we were sad to see Sadogo go. I was. Yeah. Um, it got me in the feels, it did. The rest of the party makes haste from Congor to send the boy and Lassa Solo into the Moeru, and then decide maybe it's time to go and check up on the folks in Gingatom. There may or may not be a buffalo. And that's <laughs> where we ended things yep. at the end of part four. Yes. And so we now kick off part five and chapter 22 of Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. So part five is called Here is One Ariki. Mm -hmm. For the record, an Ariki is... Um, it's a Yoruba attribute for a child. Okay. It is, it doesn't really have like a one-to-one -one translation. Um, but an Ariki, you, you would refer to a child as an Ariki when you are trying to refer to what they will one day become. Hopefully someone good and uh, who, who fulfills and does great things. Oh, okay. But it is, it is specifically an attribute for a child and it is a reference to uh, the, the adult they will one day grow into. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, the quote is Onife Osupa, Editi Oon, Bikida Nipa Awan Irawo, 
which roughly translates to he loves the moon, why you care about the stars. Okay. That seems oddly fitting. It is incredibly fitting. Yes, it is a yeah. fitting quote. <laughs> even like even the rough translation, like that's And it is a rough translation. Yes. Yeah. No, but but fitting. I like that. Part five is so interesting because part five is exactly this one chapter. Yes. It is chapter twenty two and part five are one and the same. It is mostly musical. It is it is very interstitial. And it starts with a different map, like all the other chapters have. However, this map has nothing to do with the chapter and nope. is super fascinating. I want to start by talking about the map. So the map is of the Ten and Nine Doors. Yes. Uh, the map, presumably, that matches up to the one that they were looking at at the house on the borderland. Yes. And it shows where the doors all go back and forth. Yeah, and they're numbered, right? Yes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten and one, ten and two, et cetera, et cetera. But with all the other maps in this book, it's something for me to go back to and reference after I've read the chapter mm -hmm. and have familiarity with the spots yep. on it, right? So I will glance at the map at the beginning. It won't mean much to me until after I've read anything, Yeah. right? Not this one. This one is a little more self-contained because we've already talked about the Ten and Nine Doors. Multiple times. Multiple times. So I was actually really curious about it, and I looked to see where all the doors go because the doors aren't in a series. They're numbered in a series, but they don't work in a series. Yeah, you, you pass through, like, door one leads to door two and door two back to door one. But door two does not go to door three. No. You would have to walk to door yeah, three. Yeah, you'd have to get to door three, and then three and four are connected. And then you'd have to travel to five, and five and six are connected. Yeah. You'd have to travel seven and eight. Do you see a problem with the math already? Yeah, there's uh, one door. An odd number of doors. That goes to question mark. Yes. So door 10 and 9 leads off the map. The little dotted line leads off the map to the south, which means either it goes elsewhere. Ooh. Or there are, in fact, 20 doors. Or, again, it leads elsewhere. To another dimension. Ooh. You can't see me moving yeah. my hands around That's all mystic-like. The, the woo sound. Yeah. Um, also, one of the doors does end in the middle of the ocean, I noted. Yep, out in the middle of nowhere. So there's Just that. Water. <laughs> and some of the distances are quite short, while others are incredibly long. Yeah, which explains why the boy's scent would vanish and right jump all over the place. Because sometimes they were crossing, like, ridiculous amounts of space. Yeah. Um, it also brings up the question of who made the doors. And I know it's kind of a mystery in-universe. They don't. Mm -hmm. There's some speculation maybe the gods did it. But there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Well, they don't really talk about it either. No. And there's no obvious logical sense for why you would put the doors where they are. No, not really. I have a sneaky suspicion that we are not going to get an answer. I would expect we're not going to get an answer. Certainly not in this book. Maybe in a future book. Yeah, we're too close to the end, really, I think. For it to unravel one of the great mysteries of the universe? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Not something we're going to learn this uh, this particular chapter. This chapter takes us back to the present, from the past. Yes, having nothing else to do with these doors anymore. Yeah, we uh, we haven't been in the present in a while in the book. It's just been a continuous tale for, I want to say, like the last two parts. Maybe oh. more. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, but we are back with the Inquisitor, with Tracker kind of wrapping up his story. Because, to be fair, this is the end of the story. 
Well, yeah. The Inquisitor asked him, tell me about that time that you tracked down the boy. <laughs> and Tracker was like, cool, here you go. And It's a long story. But this is the end of it. Uh, anything that happens between now and the next time he goes and tracks down the boy is immaterial to the story. Well. In theory. In theory. At least it seems immaterial to the Inquisitor. Maybe. I get the impression it's not based on the rest of this chapter. But it is certainly... Sorry. From the beginning of this chapter, <laughs> it seems irrelevant to the Inquisitor until he proves otherwise. Yeah, clearly some of this in-between time is of great interest to the Inquisitor, but Tracker is done with his story here because this is what he agreed to tell. Yeah, as far as he's concerned, he's reached the end. Yeah, the, the trip to go save the Minky children at King of Tom is outside of the purview of what he was asked. Yeah. So he's not with the boy anymore, so he can't tell the story of trying to find him. Yeah. They found him, they gave him to his mother, that's where they went. Move on. Tracker also kind of assumes that the Inquisitor is going to question the authenticity of the story, because he's spoken at this juncture about a great many impossible-seeming things. He traveled with a giant and a magic buffalo for a time. He saw a <laughs> witch disappear through a fiery portal. He was at the ground floor of a revolution in a terrible society. He, <laughs> he was there when Dolingo burned. He fought vampires and wizards. Like, it's it's straining credulity that all of this might have happened and yet the inquisitor seems perfectly fine with all of it does not in fact poke holes in anything doesn't probe for any uh clarification seems very satisfied with tracker's story to be fair the inquisitor doesn't speak in this book no but we can kind of get an idea for what he's saying based on tracker's responses to him yes we can fill in that blank a little bit yes but we are filling in the blank right not the author he is merely implying yeah, but uh, Tracker seems surprised that he doesn't get any follow-up questions, which implies to me, certainly, that the Inquisitor's just like, nope, seems legit. <laughs> seems to line up with the facts I have so far. Like, <laughs> Yeah, big witches, uh-huh. Various t flavor of vampire, gotcha. Mind-controlling wizards, seems yeah, sounds perfectly fine. fine. Yeah. Awesome. Tracker again brings up Me Too here, and this is something he's been cagey about right from the beginning of the book. He spent several years in Me Too, but he doesn't really want to talk about it. But he does pepper in a little bit more information here where he's like i had a sort of family there that was before this big war erupted and it lasted about four years five months since the end of the adventure mm -hmm. where we left lasso solo and the boy to everything going to pot apparently <laughs> or or him being uh invited to go find the boy again um he also implies that the war is a still ongoing and b not going well for anybody involved no, like, nobody is winning. No. Just everybody's fighting. Just everybody's fighting, and it's largely a stalemate. That sounds like a terrible war. It's at this juncture that the Inquisitor invites in Agriot, much to Tracker's surprise, who Tracker does not know. He swears up and down that he does not know. And the Griot apparently has a song about Tracker, and Tracker finds this ludicrous because... Why would anyone write a song about him? Exactly. But invites the Griot to sing his song anyway, and the rest of the chapter, for the most part, is this song. Which does not rhyme. We don't necessarily know the traditional <laughs> rhyming scheme that they're going for. And this is also a translation of a song. Fair enough. We're reading it in English. In it the is... original Yoruba, it might be, it might be very poetic. It, yeah. Maybe. It is some lovely prose. I'll give it that. Yes. In English, it's lovely prose. It is a song, apparently, about this four years, five months that Tracker spent living in Me Too, mm -hmm. which he doesn't really want to talk about. I don't know why he doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, that... I don't see what's wrong with this story that makes him not want to talk about it until we get to the end, and that still doesn't tell me anything. Well, let's start with looking at the story it tells a little bit. Yes, let's. Apparently, in his time living in Me Too, Tracker 
was living with Mossy and the Mingi children, mm -hmm. basically. So implying that they successfully rescued the Mingi children from the Gingatom probably helped the Gingatom out based on the fact that they're in the story as well. Well, they didn't rescue them from the Gingatom. Le yeah, okay. Well, they, <laughs> they retrieved the Mingi children from the Gingatom. And the Mingi children came to live with them for a while. And they, as Tracker said, had a sort of family. Yeah. It was a weird, a weird mishmash of people that you call a family. Yeah. It's nice. The ballad is sung from the point of view of a wandering griot who came to live with them for a while and kind of became part of their little commune. Mm-hmm. Who may or may not be the griot who is singing the song. I get the impression he isn't, that this is a griot oh, relaying see, the story. I got the impression that he was, and Tracker was just like, I, I don't know this guy. Hey, fair enough. He was just sort of denying him. That's also possible. Eventually, Tracker decides he wants to finally go through the Gingatom rites of adulthood. Something that he put off when he abandoned the coup. I Okay, quick sidebar here. Why, after all of this time, when it truly didn't matter, why does it suddenly matter now? Because of Mossy. The implication I get is that Mossy has, at this point probably for years, continued to harangue Tracker about his mommy issues and about his issues trusting women, and finally, Tracker decided to become a real man to the Gingatom, but stopped short of getting his circumcision, which he does in the in the tale that we're told, specifically to prove to Mossy, see, I don't have a problem with women because... I'm going to have my woman part cut off. Because I'm not going to have my woman part cut off. Thus, proving the falsehood of your thesis, sir. It just seemed really absurd. Like, he bothered to go through with the whole ritual to have the woman parts, quote-unquote woman parts removed to like deal with his issues that's not going to deal with his issues he doesn't go through with it then so he's not actually dealing with his no, issues no you're you've misunderstood i think he specifically didn't want to get circumcised specifically to show that he doesn't have issues with women no no see that's not how i read it at all i read that he wanted to go through with it which is why he bothered with all of the rituals leading up to it all of the stuff they made him do the cow jumping and the sleeping in a field for days and the weird anointing thing that they went with. He went through all of it right up until the very end and then changed his mind. No, I see it as him obstinately and stubbornly, as he often does, proving a point to Mossy by going through all of it right up to the end and then saying, no, I'm good. I'm fine the way I am. Oh, see, that's not how I read it at all. Well, it is a song. It is open to interpretation. Also, would the knife have actually done anything to him? Uh, probably not. So, <laughs> like, and and can... Tracker would have known that, so he was safe no matter what. That's yeah, okay. One way or the other, Mossy doesn't see this as Tracker having resolved his mommy issues because <laughs> it hasn't, and harangues him further till finally Tracker agrees to just take the whole family and go to Juba and see his mom, and just finally <laughs> put a pin in this forever. Fine. We're going on a vacation. Basically. Despite the fact that Tracker's the one, it's implied, who decides to do this, he has trouble. Yeah. On the way, he flip-flops a couple times about whether or not he should do this and clearly has more and more trepidation the closer we get. But Mossy, to his credit, is there to pick him up every time. It was very touching. My question here is, because he mentions uh, in the song a lot about how often Tracker staggers. So either he's full of liquid courage, <laughs> or he's sick. 
I think neither. I like think he's that, stressed out to the point where he's made himself ill. I think that it's more poetic license. When he says staggers, I think he means his, falters. he falters. His his conviction to go through with this wanes and Mossy has to talk him back into it. Good for you, Mossy. Finally, they, they actually get to the house. And there, number one, he meets his younger sister for the first time. Who he did not know existed. Then he also learns that his grandfather has indeed died. Unclear exactly when. Might have been when he kicked him in the head at the beginning of the book. Possibly. Well, we knew he died because he visited him in spirit at the very beginning. Uh, That's true. So, yeah, almost certainly did. And he finally meets his mom again after all these years. And they kind of reconcile, actually. Uh, Maybe? Tracker's certainly overcome with emotion. (laughs) All I know is that Tracker loses it and starts, like crying out all of his mommy issues. Yeah. Which is probably healthy. Probably. However it ultimately goes, the implication is that it's somewhat positive. Yeah. They return home to Me Too, and after 19 months, the griot is like, you know what? It's been a blast. Time for me to be on my way. Please note, 19. Everyone is pretty sad to see him go, and the griot mentions that just before he heads out, a black leopard shows up. And that's where Tracker cuts him off and is like, no, stop. Stop the song. If you don't stop the song, I will kill myself tonight, and you will never learn anything else. Fine, your torture has worked. I will tell you more. Okay, so Tracker has mommy issues and music issues? I mean, this is not the first time that he's been... Affected by song. ...and confused by how he was affected by that song. He is definitely shaken here and agrees to tell the Inquisitor whatever he wants to know more, which brings up the question, what... What does Tracker think the Inquisitor wants to know here? Does he want to know what happened in between in the between time? Mm-hmm. Is there more there? And the implication also certainly is that while this on paper seems like a very happy memory. Apparently not. Apparently it's not. Or at least it's not when Leopard shows up. Because that's when he stops the song. True. Also, Tracker's not in prison with Mossy or the Mingi children. So it might not have ended so well for everyone. Ooh. Despite the fact that he had a happy four years living with them. Maybe. I don't and know. and thus it is it is in fact a sad memory for him. Maybe. Hard to say. Again, we don't know cuz the chapter stops. The it, song stops, the chapter, the chapter stops, stops, the part stops. Yeah. It all comes to an end and Tracker's like I have more story to tell you now. Based on how the rest of this book has gone, I legitimately do not know where the next part and chapter are going to pick up. My expectation, and again, this is this is having not looked ahead because we don't do that. Yep. My expectation is that there's part of the story that Tracker is not telling, and it has to do with his time in Me Too. And that's why the Inquisitor keeps bringing it up and why Tracker is explicitly being cagey about it right from the beginning of the book. Yeah, purposely does, not talking about does it. does not want to talk about the time in Me Too. This is the Inquisitor cracking him, basically. And Tracker finally agreeing to to talk about it. I, I would go so far as to say that maybe this is the crux of the book. This is the real piece of information the Inquisitor really wants. Yeah, maybe. Is what we're about to get into. And the the tracking down of the boy the first time was the prelude to it. Makes sense. Yeah. So there, it, might be, there might be something of a climax yet to happen. I think it's funny that the Inquisitor has found Tracker's great weakness, music. Well, to be <laughs> fair, Tracker confessed to it in his story. He mentioned that that southern griot at the border mm-hmm. sang a song, and he was overwhelmed by emotion, confusing emotion. He didn't even understand what was going on. I mean, the Inquisitor's sitting there taking notes going, oh, 
music really gets to this guy. Flips the page over, list weaknesses, writes music. Yeah. Emotional songs. I, you had mentioned you think it's the same griot. I don't know that it is because one would presume that griots would trade stories with one another. Well, yeah, that's how the songs get passed around and that's how the histories are recorded. Yeah, right? but you certainly got the impression that Tracker doth protest too much. Yes. And that you think it is the same griot. That's, that's what I think. I think he was simply denying him, I don't know, maybe to save his life. I don't know. But now that you've said it, it makes sense. It might not be the same one. Wild speculation. Hey. That just struck me right now, based on scant evidence, <laughs> except primarily for the fact that the, the 19 Doors have prominently featured in the story, and we just got a map of the 19 Doors for the first time with no obvious reason why. Do you think that the information that this Grand Inquisitor is looking for is related to the 19 Doors? Ooh, never thought about that. Could be. Could be. Maybe he's not really interested in the boy at all. Especially considering the boy is dead. Well, maybe his interest in the boy goes as far as, hey, he's connected to these 19 doors. Yeah, because the boy is apparently dead. Tracker opened with that. He mentions it again this chapter. Yep. The boy's dead. Doesn't boy's matter. Dead. So maybe the boy is not the crux of things at all. Maybe the 19 doors are. Maybe we've been so laser focused on him and Tracker has been so laser focused on him. He hasn't realized what the information the Grand Inquisitor is really looking for is. Mm. Yeah, that's quite possible. Never thought of that. Good thinking, honey. That literally just came to me now. No, that I have no notes is, related to that. That, that is was some, some good brain work. That is that some smart making over there. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yes. And we will do so as we get into part six. <laughs> no, suddenly into part six. And chapter 23 of our novel. A fairly short episode, a couple short chapters. But we are, uh, as previously mentioned, kind of approaching the end of the novel here. So you'll want to read up on chapter 23 in time for next week. In the meantime, another thing that you might consider reading up on is your local news. If you live outside of Edmonton, surely there are online resources that you can turn to in order to find out all that hyper-local information you maybe don't get from the regular newspapers. If you are living in Edmonton, you might consider checking out Taproot, one of the Alberta Podcast Network's supporters. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, which publishes curiosity-driven stories, topical newsletters, and locally-focused podcasts, all in the service of informing Edmontonians about their community. Taproot publishes weekly roundups on a variety of topics, including food, tech, health innovation, arts, regional news, and business. Taproot's curators gather up the headlines and happenings on these files and deliver them to your inbox. You can get one or two for free. If you want more, become a Taproot member. Then you can get as many as you want, plus other perks, for just $10 a month or $100 a year. Get informed at taprootedmonton.ca. Taproot Edmonton. Woo! Longtime supporter of the Alberta Podcast Network. Uh, another one of the projects of Podcast Network founder Karen Unland. Oh, Karen Unland. Yeah, you can listen to Karen and her daughter, Elizabeth, on... Uh, that's a thing. That's a thing. A uh, member of the Alberta Podcast Network. You can check out that and many other podcasts right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Absolutely. Once you've found a podcast you like, where do you download it? Your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, also maybe hit up our little page, give us a little rating and review. That helps us out. We appreciate it. We, we really do. We would be happy to shower you with thanks for showing that appreciation. Shoutouts even. Uh, if you uh, reach out to us on social media. We have the standard collection... Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read along on most of those. At most of those. Uh, you can also 
get a hold of us via email. We are thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. I want to know what happened to Buffalo. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.